0: Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shay from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. We did not have a whole lot to talk about last week, uh, but boy, did that change this week. We not only have a review of a new Nintendo game, but a preview of an upcoming one as well. And then we'll cover all kinds of news at the top of the show. And joining me for all of that and a little bit more is Game Informer's own Kyle Hilliard. Kyle, how are you doing? Hey,
1: it's me, the first time on the, I'm on the video version. That's why I was waving my hands so furiously at my camera. That and I got the vaccine yesterday, so I'm trying to get that blood
0: flowing. Yeah, blood flowing we'll actually, that arm. We'll have a little bit of discussion about that later, believe oh, wait, it or no. not. Is uh, it oh, related to WarioWare? <laughs> related to WarioWare. Uh, Wario. uh, so I'm glad that you're on here, like you know, the Game Informer show has been doing video, which you yourself are a co-host of. Uh, it's been doing video for quite a long time, I believe ever since Ben Hansen took it over. Yeah, there was, a, uh, there was
1: a little break there for a while.
0: Uh, then like 2016 is when he took that over? 2015?
1: <sighs> Probably 15, yeah. Yeah,
0: because I think Matt Helgeson left in 2015 and then uh, Ben Hansen slid into that. And then an unbelievable run by Ben Hansen. Yeah, yeah, Shout absolutely. out to Min Max. But, uh, yeah. I'm a fan. You are a fan and uh, a regular contributor. And a co-host over there as well. And a co-host and everywhere, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just just Mr. Host, they call you. Uh, But we're going to be talking about all kinds of news. And Kyle, as is tradition, it's been a while since we've honored this tradition, though, because there just hasn't been a whole lot of news. We are starting the show on some Pokemon news. We have uh, a release date for the second and uh, presumably final expansion of pokemon scarlet and violet it is uh coming out december 14th this is the uh the indigo disc it is uh, it is called and it's a part of the uh the hidden treasure of area zero i believe is the full name of like the the entire expansion and this is part two part one was the teal mask which came out uh september 13th so that's going to be almost three months to the day in terms to, to of rave
1: like, reviews right if i remember correctly
0: <laughs> i think people liked it but like they were like how is this game still broken like uh, no, this no,
1: people seem pretty down on it yeah but yeah i think okay. you're right i think it was the larger sort of pokemon uh wait what is uh scarlet and violet as opposed to just like the content of the dlc right
0: exactly yeah, yeah. like i actually liked what i played of the the teal mask and uh you know it had a some heartfelt story moments that I really enjoyed uh, uh, but I didn't see it all the way through to the to the finish. um I like some of the new Pokemon that are are shown up and different forms of Pokemon that are kind of appearing now and you know it was it was good. It was just like going from Mortal Kombat one on p s five which is just Ooh. buttery smooth, yeah to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was just a oh my god like what <laughs> how yeah, is that, this
1: what's the opposite of buttery like crunchy peanut butter stale crunchy peanut butter
0: <laughs> that's, that you left to lid <laughs> off too long I don't know yeah it, it felt like I was kind of trudging through some molasses Ooh, is kind of how it felt but like you know I I liked it it uh a different region that you're going to and it, that's also the case with uh this one the indigo disc takes place at the blueberry academy in unova which was the setting for uh black and white and black oh, to cool. white Two. so we're actually going back there some people are reading into it that this might be like a precursor for a black and white remake but i would i don't know about you i'd rather get a uh, a johto remake like well, gold what's silver. in the
1: queue what's next what's is that after diamond and pearl was black and white right
0: uh yes
1: so that in theory would be the next one i suppose right
0: but like we jumped right over a bunch of them right cuz like i know we we got heart gold and soul silver like way yeah. back on the ds but like i would love it if they followed up let's go pikachu and eevee which were remakes of yellow i would love it if they followed that up with remakes of gold and silver in yeah. like maybe that style but also like learning some of the lessons of what didn't work with let's go pikachu and eevee like the way that wild encounters play out and some of the kind of more, you know, washed out versions of that. Or just give us a uh, a Johto remake in like the form of Scarlet and Violet, where it's like a big open world. Like, that would be fun, That'd too, be cool. if they could figure out the tech issues. I mean,
1: like, yeah, they haven't really done that a, a lot in terms of like trying to make a sequel in the sense of like, what if you I mean, they did black and white, too. But like, yeah, what if you went back to Johto and it was like, you know, well, I don't know. How was it 20, 30 years now later? And like it was the same gym leaders and stuff. And you just kind of get to check in on them and see what their lives are like at this point. They should. That's what we like so
0: much about the end game of Gold and Silver, right? As we yeah. got, went back to Kanto after some time had passed, and like be like, "Oh, all right, yeah, Misty's doing this now," and you know, <laughs> the, the Cinnabar Islands weren't they destroyed by a volcano or
1: something? <laughs> that sounds right. But I, yeah, that that would be cool to kind of they sh- yeah they should do that. Like it, they could you could kind of be both a remake and a new game sort of, right? It could
0: toe that line. Yeah. So going back to this though, this is out December 14th. You have to buy the uh the expansion pass for access to both of these game or both these expansions. Uh the teal mask is out already. Uh the indigo disc expansion is out December 14th. So Kyle, over the kind of entirety of this podcast life, I have been talking about the idea of how can Nintendo possibly top Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Because it's like, where does that series even go from here? And Masahiro Sakurai, the creator of the Smash Brothers series, actually released a video. He's, been, he's become a big time YouTuber, if you haven't taken note. Oh, yeah, out. of course. And he was uh, talking about what he thinks on that very matter. And uh, this is a transcribed quote that I'm reading from Nintendolife.com here. He said, quote, as for what comes next for the Smash Brothers series, even I'm not sure. I feel we truly succeeded in making people happy with this game. But now that Smash Brothers has grown to be monstrous in size, I'd say it's difficult to imagine an increase of this magnitude happening again. And then he goes on saying, Every time we managed to make a game that I had previously thought impossible... So I can't say for certain there won't be another, but I do think it would be difficult to push it any further than we have, which, you know, I have been saying that this whole time. I think a lot of people have been saying it. So I'm not saying like, this is some novel idea that I've come up with, (laughs) but it's a problem that they have not only with smash brothers, but also Mario Kart at this point. Uh, What what do you think is even the best course of action? Do you think it's like a, like, all right, let's just build iteratively on these like huge libraries of fighters and courses that we have, or is it like, let's just do a back to basics, eight racers, uh 12 fighters whatever the original was I for both of those
1: franchises I would be okay with that at this point I think right The
0: back to basics
1: Yeah like especially Mario Kart like I I would be more than happy to go like hey we're going to we're going to overhaul the game mechanically it might feel a little different we're going to try some different things it's going to there's going to be a line here between the last Mario Kart and this one fewer characters Uh, Starting off with like a a smaller collection of uh, Mario of of tracks, you know, Mm -hmm. like I would not and maybe I'm alone in this. Maybe other people would cry foul. But like if they announced like Mario Kart, I guess they might call it 10 at this point, because I mean, depending on like they're weird about that when they use numbers and when they don't. But let's say they called it Mario Kart 10. If it was like, yeah, eight to 10 racers and like eight cups, you know. I would be totally okay with that. And like, it could totally like, let's go hundred percent new as well. Don't, don't really don't don't feel obligated to like bring back the favorite tracks because we have that like that exists and we're very happy with it. So like, let's, let's start fresh and the same for same for smash. Like it would be fun to have a, a smaller roster I mean, Smash is all about the characters as opposed to Mario Kart. Like Mario Kart is about the racing, but for me, Smash mm-hmm. Brothers is about the characters, which I might maybe, there are people who say it's about the fighting, right? Like they really like the mechanics of Smash Brothers, but as a more casual fan, like it's for me, it's just about playing as all the different characters and trying out their different moves and stuff. And that I would, yeah, like I would want, you got to keep certain characters or you got to keep Link and Mario and stuff, but I would really like them even just get a bunch of weirdos that like are totally fresh and like haven't been in smash brothers before you know but it would probably have to it would have to be i'd want more from smash brothers like more characters than mario kart if that makes sense maybe it would need to be more than eight you know where i'd be happy with eight racers in mario kart i would want more than eight for smash brothers
0: yeah i mean i i think that there's definitely like the core characters that need to be in all of those games. Like you said, Mario and link would have to be in a smash brothers game, but it would also be like really weird to fire it up and not have like all those characters that were in smash 64. Right. Like, could you imagine yeah. like a- as obscure as he is outside of the series? Could you imagine a smash brothers game without a captain Falcon inclusion?
1: It, it would, it would feel weird. Yeah. Even though you're right. Like, even though he's kind of a Ness is the same way. It's like, it's mm-hmm. like,
0: Ness has got to be there though, you guys, (laughs) you know, it would be really an awesome announcement. Like I know that we've, we closed the book on smash brothers ultimate DLC and it was like, all right, you know, we're, we're done with this. We got the perfect finale because like, you know, everybody wanted Sora and then Sora was like the final character. And it's like, it would be a really cool thing. It's like surprise stealth launch alongside Mario RPG Gino is added to the roster because a lot of people <laughs> wanted that too for a yeah, long time. Yeah. That was like, all right. Fun, we acknowledge yeah. this character exists again, so we're putting him in Smash. But that He's would be fun. Smash,
1: you just got to buy the costumes that counts, uh. right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so get Mallow and occur. Gino in there, both of those guys. Yeah, They're why dude. not? Just make it even more ultimate than it already is. It's easy to add Smash Brothers characters. Video game development is so easy. We always (laughs) say this. Why doesn't anybody ever talk about this? (laughs) But Kyle, speaking of Mario Kart, we now know the final eight courses coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in the uh, booster course pass. So we have Bowser Castle 3 from Super Nintendo. We have Donkey Kong Mountain from GameCube. We have Daisy Circuit from Wii. Rainbow Road from Wii, Rosalina's Ice World from Mario Kart 7 on 3DS, and then three courses from Mario Kart Tour, the uh, the mobile game. We have Madrid right. Drive, Rome Avanti, and Piranha Plant Cove. And then this wave actually also adds four new characters in the form of Diddy Kong, Funky Kong, Peachette, and Pauline so how Three those could ab- be
1: in the next smash brothers
0: They could. how are you feeling about this final track list uh rounding out i, I believe that brings the course list to, to 96 tracks which God. is just obscene
1: it's great i mean it's nice to have a comprehensive mario kart even though i guess it's not quite it's still actually technically not comprehensive right it doesn't have everything
0: it's right? as close as you're ever gonna get yeah
1: um, it's not
0: like the everyone is here moment that smash had but like it's Pretty freaking close.
1: Ba- everyone is basically here is like the Mario Kart <laughs> equivalent, right? Yeah, no, it's great. I, It's funny. I actually would almost be up for like, not to give Nintendo ideas, but like, I wouldn't mind like buying just like uh, an ultimate Mario Kart. What's it called? Deluxe, right? Mario Kart Mario 8, Kart 8 Deluxe. Deluxe. Like a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Ultimate that just had everything like separated from my Nintendo online account. Because I run into this problem where like I'm on a switch onto my daughter's account and I don't have access to the tracks, but if I'm on my account uh. with my and it's like then I do and it's like I just kind of almost wish there was like a cart a cartridge that I could buy that was like, Yeah, hey, this has everything. This is like the this is the best, most comprehensive version of Mario Kart eight that will exist. Anything else we're not gonna add more to it at this point. Like we're done. Uh this is the final version that you buy. And then in the
0: future we'll have ten or nine or whatever. That stinks that they can't figure out like that ownership aspect of it. Like, yeah, are you? Annoying. Is it because you have the Switch Online uh, subscription, or did you buy the Booster Course Pass?
1: I mean, I have the Switch Online subscription, and it's like a family account, so my daughter's like on the oh, account. Weird. But it's just I still run into hurdles, right? Like, just sometimes yeah. I'm like running into these things. Well, or I've talked about that as
0: well, where it's like it it wants you to like ping their servers with certain things, so it's like. I'm connected to the internet whenever I'm on my switch, unless I'm on a plane, I am connected to the internet. Like mm-hmm. I, every, every, night before, like I go on a plane ride, I will go onto my switch and just like, make sure everything's downloaded, make sure like everything's updated. So I can just get on the plane and, and play my switch the entire time. Even with that, even though I am pinging Nintendo servers multiple times, I have sometimes run into the, 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 uh, the hurdle of being on the plane and I'll be like, oh, I want to play like Super Mario World, so I'll I'll go into like the Switch Online uh, SNES catalog, and it'll be like, oh, well, we don't know if you've owned this, so you need to connect to the internet so you can like verify. It. It's yeah. like, why can't you just put an end date on my account saying yeah, right? that, yeah. like, hey, this guy, he, we we verified his subscription, he's he can't cancel it. I mean, he can, but it's it's gonna go until the end of this date anyway. So like, you know, December fifteenth is when my subscription ends don't make me ping the server until December 15th to like verify that my subscription is like, I am assuming they're like worried that people would like hack in and like, I guess you could
1: cancel and then just never go online.
0: Right. Or something stupid like that. I have no idea, but that's just so weird. I I guess people could manipulate their, I don't know, but like, I mean, that's frustrating,
1: Brian, they would lose like,
0: a 100 bucks so they can... <laughs> notoriously struggling company Nintendo
1: it's just one of those things it's like they're they're it, they're they're fixing a problem that ultimately wouldn't be that big a problem I think <laughs> ultimately you know it's like it would be fine one or two people would figure out a way to take advantage of it and it wouldn't be that big a problem but yeah
0: so anyway uh, getting back to Mario Kart 8 uh, these final editions are available on November 9th and that means the booster course pass Is going to be complete. That it adds forty-eight new tracks, eight new characters, and uh, it costs twenty-five dollars, or is included as part of the Switch Online Plus expansion pack subscription. I I do the Switch Switch Online Plus expansion pack subscription, yeah. Same. I I enjoy the benefits that I get, especially since it gives you the N sixty-four stuff and the Game Boy Advance. I think Game Boy Advance is uh included in the online or the expansion pack but the regular Game Boy is part of the base subscription, if I'm not mistaken. So two of the best catalogs are included in that as well. So uh, very much recommend that. But we actually speculated about this next news item uh, when Hideki Kamiya announced that he was leaving Platinum Games. And I pointed out that his old pal from Capcom, Shinji Mikami, also left his company this year, Tango Gameworks, and that it would be cool if they actually like reunited and did something together because they were both kind of free agents at this point. Yeah, And I'm reading this report on uh video game Chronicle. Apparently the two are going to be appearing together at, uh I'm going to mispronounce it probably archipel Ar- Ar- archipel uh, Ar- caravan there. That was hmm. more difficult than it should have been. Uh It's billed as a quote festival of Japanese pop culture. And it takes place in Tokyo from December 15th to December 17th. And the session is simply called Shinji Mikami cross Hideki Kamiya. And they say that they're going to share like memories about their respective careers and also future plans.
1: Oh, interesting. So uh, I
0: wonder if that's going to come to fruition, that maybe they are working on a game together or something. I wonder if they get back together and uh, join uh, Grasshopper, join, just get the whole crew back together, get Suda51, Shinji Mikami, Hideki Kamiya, make a dream team of developers who have worked on. <laughs> games from that era because yeah. you know Makami, the father of uh, Resident Evil Kamiya the father of Devil May Cry and uh, Suda51 just the father of all these different <laughs> amazing games that came out around that same time and yeah. uh, you know they, they've all kind of collaborated at some point uh over the course of their careers. so it'd be cool to see like just a, this amazing team of, of developers get together that have had such an impact uh, but yeah, yeah these two in particular were. seem like they might be up to something
1: yeah, I wonder what that would be. I, I guess selfishly, I would want just like yeah, some kind of horror game, you know. But like they probably—that's probably the last thing they want to
0: do. <laughs> you know, I, would, it's I like mean, I'm, they've done plenty of it. You've got to think it would be like a stylish action game, right? With like—that's what Kamiya has been just. Yeah, that's true. Making his name for making his name on ever since he started, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, something, some kind of gothic some kind of devil that cries or doesn't cry. <laughs> Capcom, you know, Capcom should do is just hire them to like make Devil May Cry 6.
0: That would you know? be a really cool. I mean, that'd be great, but like that's also like who knows under what circumstances that they left Capcom and uh yeah, who knows. But whatever. That's that's something to keep an eye out for, I guess in mid-December right before the holidays roll around. Yeah. Um, Talking about Switch Online, we have some new additions to the Switch Online catalog. So last week's show, I alluded to this was the only news that came out of last week. And Mario Party 3, now part of the Switch Online Expansion Pack N64 catalog. Uh, Notable parts of this game is that it was Waluigi and Daisy's debut in the series. Uh, It has more than 70 minigames, and it was also the first story mode in the series, and then we also got three more games this week that were focused on a Halloween theme. So on NES, we have Devil World, the mysterious Murasame Castle, and then on Game Boy we have uh Castlevania Legends. So those I three check games.
1: I don't think I've ever played that one.
0: Do any of those catch your eye? Because there's one interesting little tidbit about Devil World. I don't know if you know about that game. No, no, tell me. So apparently it is never before released in the US. But it is an early Famicom game by a trio of developers known as Shigeru Miyamoto, Takashi Tezuka, and Koji Kondo.
1: Okay, yeah, I, it's vaguely familiar with it. So this is its first time in America, right? Yeah, is what you're saying. So okay. That's what
0: I am led to believe. Yeah, this is like, like
1: this is it, probably one of those things that at the time, like the idea of bringing a game called Devil World to America was probably just like you know on this device made for children there was just probably no market for it you know no one wanted to think about devils in their home
0: you know but now it's free reign yeah go for it so yeah this was right before mario came out super mario brothers uh 1984 october of 1984 is when this came out in japan then it came out in uh europe actually in 87 okay but never made the way that's made its way to the states so here's the the credits director shigeru miyamoto designers shigeru miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka composer koji kondo and akito nakatsuka okay who uh he has also done things like excite bike punch out uh zelda 2 pilot wing 64 and some contributions to smash for 3ds and wii u so uh pretty decent team there
1: (laughs) yeah i'm looking up yeah looking up the the wikipedia page for this and apparently according to wikipedia it says they they did like they came to america Tezuka and miyamoto to show it to nintendo america uh but it was against their use of religious icons policy
0: oh interesting
1: so that's why it was like i said it was probably because it was devils you know and that's why it uh never made it over yeah you have to like pick up bibles and stuff yeah yeah. I, so i need to a, check this out yeah it's
0: kind of like a maze based game almost like pac-man where you're going around and collecting items in a maze while enemies chase you and then the mysterious murasame castle it looks kind of like a original legend of zelda style game where it's like you're going room by room screen by screen and it's a top-down action game and you, you have projectiles that you can defeat enemies with and then castlevania mm-hmm. legends is just a game boy castlevania game that i when it got announced people were like really you're bringing like the worst castlevania game to switch online um
1: kid dracula bring us kid dracula first
0: (laughs) well it sounds like people are like like there was this weird wave that i saw when this got announced that like people were like castlevania legends was so bad that like they actually retconned it out of like i don't know all this okay and then makes me want to play it more and then there was another wave of people after that initial wave of like this game sucks so bad. Why are they putting it on Switch Online? of people <laughs> being like, I actually like this game a lot. Well, <laughs> so of course. It's like, they're always I out don't, there. I don't know how to how to think about it. But yeah, those are gonna be out, I believe, by the time you hear this episode. The Mario Party 3 inclusion was last week. Yeah. So Sonia Belmont,
1: which is ah. the first female Belmont, maybe?
0: I mean, it game has Boy. to be, right? If it was yeah. a Game Boy game, like
1: yeah I, that... I imagine it is i want to i'm gonna go play that <laughs> you should <laughs> i
0: i do love me some castlevania you ready for your oh okay news of the week
1: okay yeah
0: uh twitch they announced that they are bit. removing their switch app from the eShop on november 6th oh i i did see this and i and
1: the to me the headline should have been should have been that uh, that there is a Twitch app on the Switch.
0: <laughs> like, well, I think I, I was like, "Oh, I didn't even
1: know that existed," which explains why they're probably pulling it
0: down. I believe that I, we, our headline, yeah, wh- whoever wrote this, uh, it might have been me. No, it was Marcus Stewart. When it came out, it said. Twitch comes to Switch, which is a uh, a very good headline. Yeah. Now, you the know, board. the headline should have been, you're right, that there was a Twitch app on Switch. Apparently, it was a very, very, like, neutered version of it. Like, there was, like, no chat implementation. You couldn't view chat. You couldn't take part in chat. Like, there was a lot of missing features. Is it just, like, a viewer, viewer app? Kind I, of I guess, like, if you Twitch, want to just watch somebody live stream a video game with no interactivity or anything that makes Twitch special. <laughs> yeah, you can on. uh you can do that on Switch. But you better download it before November sixth because that is when they're gonna remove it from the eShop. And then uh they're discontinuing service altogether at the end of January of next year. So uh Okay, so you got like two two months to use it if, if you, you want. Can, you can enjoy your Twitch on Switch for just over three months if you want. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we are going to end the news segment on this. We talked a decent amount about acquisitions on this podcast lately, specifically because of the Xbox acquisition of Activision Blizzard, spelling certain things for what uh, the, the Call of Duty franchise will do on Nintendo consoles in the future. But uh, we have a different acquisition that happened over the last week, and that is Atari. They've been acquiring all kinds of developers, uh, Night Dive Studios. They've acquired a few others, but this is maybe the biggest acquisition they've done. And that is Digital Eclipse. Mm. So uh, they are the studio that is known for just their historical care that they put into all these compilations. So they've really kickstarted kind of the the compilation trend. Like they were, they did the original Mega Man Legacy Collection. They, they've done TMNT Cowabunga Collection, uh, Atari 50, the anniversary celebration, which I think a lot of people point to as, like, the best historical compilation that's ever been put out. Because it's, it's yeah. more of a digital museum than it is, like, a, a collection of games. But then you also have the collection of games that's, like, you can read about why this game was historically important. You can see, like, artifacts from its past. And then, like you know dive into the game itself like oh this is why this game is so important historically and then you can play the actual game in yeah, full it's a,
1: it's a cool concept and they did it with karateka uh earlier this year Yeah, too, making right? of karateka
0: yeah. um just came out this year which I've, i haven't had a chance to check out myself but everybody says it's just unbelievable you get to check out like different versions of that game like in development versions of that game which sounds incredible but uh, you know, in talking to the CEO of Atari, Wade Rosen, um, you know, I've, I've had him on this podcast. We did ninety minutes on games. Go back a few weeks and listen to that episode. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done. He had such a passion for Digital Eclipse, and he was so complimentary of them ever since. Uh, I mean, before Atari Fifty came out, obviously he he has a great affinity for that, and he, he thinks that's one of the the Best things that the company has done. He's very yeah. proud of that one, obviously. There, but <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But I mean, I would agree with him. I think that, no, like, absolutely, you know, yeah. I think that that he should rightfully be proud of that compilation. But like, yeah, you know, absolutely, he's, yeah. he's a huge fan of Digital Eclipse, and uh, it's funny because we were talking just talking about games probably a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, that would be like a really good fit for Atari, like based on what you guys are trying to do right now. Yeah. And he obviously did not say anything because he he couldn't. But uh, it's he just, stroked uh, his
1: chin and was like, "You don't say." It's Like, oh, You're
0: interesting. Now he didn't. He did. He gave me. He had a very good poker face. If he, yeah. I'm assuming this was in motion around I'm that time. But sure. uh, but yeah, it it, uh, it it's just very funny that I, I did. Say that, like, oh, that'd be, a, that, that, I could see that would be a good fit for uh, for Atari and like the current strategy that you guys seem to be implementing. And then fast forward a few weeks, and it's a reality. And I, I still stand by that sentiment that I think that this is a match made in heaven for what yeah. like Atari strategy has seemed to be since uh, Wade Rosen took over. So,
1: I mean, Atari, the sort of brand now, when I hear Atari, and I think most kids and people when they think Atari, they kind of think like retro games like old games so like the fact that they're sort of building this company up to like acquire these these uh developers that like specialize in retro and old games and sort of memorializing them like it all seems like a, a good fit you know? it
0: does i mean it just the, i think they're making some really good moves and yeah. I, I said as much when i had Wade on the podcast where it's like you know Atari was kind of just like this afterthought in the games industry this time even like five years ago
1: yeah i think so yeah it was just like oh yeah you could buy a compilation of atari games but like the generationally like we had the people who had who were nostalgic for those games had moved on with their lives (laughs) i guess i could i don't mean like they died i mean they just either weren't they were either not playing video games or they were playing current video games you know they moved on
0: to nintendo and Sega and playstation but you know the Atari. They just recently put out. I think. I think it's out now. Like there's the um, the kind of Atari 2600 like classic edition. That's like this premium version, updated with like I think HDMI output. And I saw a a model of it at PAX uh, West this year. I almost called it PAX Prime. Da- dating myself there. Um, at PAX West this year, I got to check it out. Uh, not plugged into anything, but like it seems like a very solid construction. It's a beautiful console. Like. It looks great and, I, and I'm hearing good things about it. So I'm hoping that uh, that combined with like working with these other indie developers, like uh, Mr. Run and Jump came out a few months ago. I, I right. talked yeah, about yeah. It on this podcast review. They basically just found somebody who did a, an Atari homebrew game and they're like, hey, do you want to make this into like kind of like a modernized retro game and like make it into a fully fleshed out thing? And they're like, yeah. And then there's another game called, uh, I think it's Quomp or Comp mm-hmm. 2 that's coming out where it's like almost like the core concept of pong but like you're controlling the ball and it's like a platformer in that way where like you are navigating like these levels like almost like a platforming level but you control the ball and you just basically have to like change direction and that's all you can do and there's different like collectibles but yeah there there's some stuff that like it feels very in line with the atari identity which while also like you know trying new things which i think is a a good way to reestablish themselves and then maybe in the future they do some other stuff um like kind of stretching what the definition of it is to like be an Atari thing. And by bolstering their, their dev stable with great studios, like Digital Eclipse, I think that's a, uh, it's a massive step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens next.
0: All right. Well, Kyle, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're diving into two of the biggest Nintendo games of the month of November. We will be right back. As we've discussed, 2023 has been an incredible year for the video game release schedule, but particularly for Nintendo. We've gotten a new Mario game, we've gotten a new Zelda game, and now that we're out of October, the releases are kind of slowing down a little bit, but not by much. This segment, we're going to do a review of WarioWare Move It, and then also get Kyle's early thoughts from his time so far with Super Mario RPG. So Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and go first. Do the review first, and then we'll do your preview after that. (laughs) Uh, WarioWare Move It. You and I have talked about this a lot where WarioWare Smooth Moves back on Wii, one of our favorite entries, if not our favorite entry in the WarioWare series. Mm. It's a absolutely amazing party game. People can kind of pick up a Wii remote and they they do a a good job of telling you what you need to do beforehand. Like, all right, put the Wii remote on the table or stand like this. And then the motion controls are usually pretty self-explanatory. And it's just a good game to have friends over who maybe aren't the biggest gamers, but like they, you know, they, they played Wii Sports or whatever, like they know Jackbox or they played Overcooked. And it's like they have a basic concept in their mind about like, oh, okay, so this is how a modern video game works. And that was what I was hoping uh, WarioWare move it would be. That was my biggest hope that I had was it would be a true successor to WarioWare Smooth Moves. And, uh, you know, because the first one that we got on uh, Switch, WarioWare Get It Together, I because like every, this is how I opened my review, is like the WarioWare series is kind of like a chameleon in the sense that like whatever the core gimmick of that console or handheld platform that it releases on, it kind of adheres to and takes advantage of those gimmicks, right? Like the 3DS version or the, the DS version, you were using the touchpad a lot. The Wii U version, or it was just called Game & Wario. I don't know if you te- uh, technically... Consider that a WarioWare game, even I consider it part Yeah, it, it was a little series. different.
1: I mean, it didn't have a lot of micro game stuff on it, but yeah, I I reviewed that one back in the day. Yeah,
0: but it uses the the Wii U gamepad. I mean, it was basically yes. a tech demo for the Wii U gamepad, and then. You know, the Switch version comes out, you're thinking like, okay, it's going to do some stuff with like portability or it's going to do some stuff with like the motion controls or the IR camera or the gyroscope or the HD rumble. And it didn't really do much of any of that because it was like basically like your character was sucked into the the console and you were controlling the WarioWare cast. Each of them had different abilities, but it was basically like platforming minigames, which I liked in some ways. But in other ways, it just made me miss this style of WarioWare, which WarioWare move it doubles back and gives you everything that you wanted from like a successor to smooth moves. And this, like I, I, again, said this in my review, this is the WarioWare game I've been waiting for, for 15 years, ever since smooth moves came out, which I believe was 2006, 2007. So it's been more, maybe, maybe 2008 even, but like, even then it's been more than 15 years since that game came out. And I've been waiting for a successor. And this really does feel like that in a lot of ways. It mostly delivers on that hope. And, you know, there's so many amazing micro games that like I, they come up and I'm like, like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? When was, supposed- Oh, okay. I do it. And then I'm like, Oh, that was neat. I liked that one a lot. Like I would say, and we, we talked about this on new gameplay today that you can go on the game informer YouTube and watch, uh, watch us do a lot of the Nintendo focused, uh, micro games or watch Kyle do it in particular. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's so many that like, I was like, okay, th- th- that was so neat. They, they did some really cool stuff with that. And, I would say it's almost like 95, maybe even 97% good, right? Like there's, I think they tout it. there's over 200 micro games in this one. Mm, and I would yeah. say that like, there are probably fewer than 10 that I think of. And I'm like, okay, those aren't great or they don't work super well, but they, there are some that stick out in my mind, right? Like there are some, like, especially like some of the poses, the, the hand model one we've talked about in particular, where it's like, you have the two Joy-Cons for your, your normal uh your normal poses like that's your and, stance, and you need the right? wrist straps yeah that is something we do need to talk about the, the wrist straps yeah. that was the first micro game that i needed to complete was finding the wrist straps to my switch because <laughs> yeah. i have never used the wrist straps even when i was playing like everybody one two switch that there's like ones where you're supposed to push the buttons and i'm like oh yeah. god i don't know where my wrist straps are but this one i was doing it for work so i actually had well, to find the wrist straps right i mean i tried i tried to cheat it and I was like, oh, well,
1: yeah,
0: I could get away with that
1: using the wrist strap. And the first one was like, drop the controller. And I was like, oh, OK. And so I was like, I put it on the ground, you know, because I want to drop it, you know. And it was like and it knew it was like, nah, man, you got to get those wrist straps. <laughs> and I was like, fine. Well, and there's then, one yeah.
0: where you actually let go of you. It's the hand model one, right? Where you. Yeah, you, this is this is the one where I'm talking about why it's so complex. You have the two Joy-Cons in your hand. You have to drop one. And then take the other one, put it in the other hand, and then point it at the non—the now empty hand—and you're going to be like, doing gestures with that, and the IR camera picks it up. One, it doesn't work very well if you're low lighting, and two, it—it's uh, kind of complicated at first to be like, okay, because you have like such little time to transition to a new pose or a new form. And it's like, all right, well, drop this one, move it to the other one, point at the other one, make sure it's facing the right way. And it's a little bit complicated for that. But once you get it, you get it. And then some of the better ones are behind there. But there was one in particular, I think it's the hand model pose where it's like you actually you drop the one and then you hold the other one. And it's like you have to let the other one swing like there's like a character on the screen, like on a swing. (laughs) And the Joy-Con, you have to let it go. And so the character swings alongside the Joy-Con at the right time. And uh, there's, so, yeah, you definitely need the wrist strap. That's the moral of the story there. Yeah, right.
1: Uh, but, Brian, I, I'm like 100% with you, by the way. Like, I approved I, I your review. We hadn't talked about it critically because, like, we tried not to talk about games critically until a review is finished. You know, I don't want to influence your opinion one way or the other. Um, but I'm like, I was reading the review. I was like, yep, totally on board with, like, everything you're saying. This is what I've wanted from Where for a long time. This is what I've wanted from Where since the Switch was revealed. Truly, I mean, those first Switch reveals where they're like showing off the HG Rumble and the Joy Cons and all that stuff. Although it doesn't really use HG Rumble that mm-hmm. much for what it's worth. But my my thought even then was like, I can't wait to see what WarioWare looks like with all these bizarre options. And I feel like Move It takes pretty good advantage of all that stuff. It, and the games are pretty much all new. I I'm trying to think of like I feel like I haven't seen a lot of repeated games, if any.
0: I mean, there's some that use like the core concepts of other ones like right. the the way you're like there's one where you have to put your arms up in the air and then like you have to like make sure you put your arms directly into a giant nose but like there's okay, other ones where it's like you know there, there have been ones in the past where it's like you had to like pick somebody's nose hair out or something like yeah. that so like there's there's always some kind of nose picking
1: uh they <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that in there It's part of the franchise but um yeah like it it makes you look like a fool in the best way like you're you do have to kind of like commit to like hey it's warrior wear time right it's kind of like playing vr or something where it's like you set aside time you let your family know what you're doing you know set up your emergency contacts (laughs) to like if you don't hear from me for a couple days uh seek me out but it is like i'd like the couple mornings i've been playing it it was almost like a a morning workout where i was like all right let's uh let's clear a room let's move this table let's make some room to play warrior wear and uh man I, I loved it i it's really like the best the most fun i've had with wario in a long time like uh, gold is out there for 3ds which is great but it's more of a greatest hits compilation and this this felt like a new proper wario wear. i'm really happy with it
0: i am too and it's been it's the one that i've been wanting for a long time and uh, i talked about this when you mentioned that you had just gotten your vaccine and your arm was really sore yeah i happened to do that on sunday and i was just like you know what i uh I, I you know, I don't have like a, a super busy week this week. So if it knocks me out of commission for a day or so, like I'll be fine. And then, like as soon as I got the shots, because I got both the flu and the the COVID booster on the same arm, because I've made the mistake in the past where I got them on opposite arms, and I just can't sleep because both oh, yeah, sides you gotta,
1: hurt. Yeah, pick a one. Yeah, pick one. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I did on both on one arm, and it was it felt like I I literally got shot with a gun in that arm <laughs> because it hurt Jeez. so bad. Wow, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but it, it was uh, it was fine. I didn't have any other uh, uh side effects or anything like that. However, I got up and I was like okay time to play this review game WarioWare and I'm like oh wait this is a (laughs) rare instance where I actually need to like have the use of my arm to review this game so (laughs) it's
1: not a strenuous game it's not like playing Ring Fit Adventure no right but it is I mean you are moving right maybe you're stretching your arms out or up over your head or like you know doing like swinging emotions with the Joy-Con so it's I didn't really feel, like, tuckered out or anything.
0: Mm-mm. I mean, maybe a
1: little. Well, there like, is
0: one uh, mode that you unlock after beating the story mode where it's, like, a workout almost. Like oh, they, really? Okay. They have you go as fast as you can through, like, it, they even, like, frame it as, like, I think it's, like, muscle something or other. And it's, oh, like, 20 Oh, they probably make you do are, all the crouching games, don't you? <laughs> some of it. And, <laughs> yeah. but, so there's the story mode that I believe you are working your way through. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's only a couple on there that I don't like, and that, that's a just a very good tour. You can do that with one or two players, a good tour through. Like, all right, here are the mini games in this this uh, this game, this this compilation. We talked about the hand model. There's the other one that I sometimes had difficulty with. It's called Baka. and Ooh, yeah. you are uh, basically holding your Joy Cons like a chicken. So, like, basically, I guess we haven't really talked about the the core tenets of this game, where it's like you're completing these three to five second mini games. They call them micro games and before each one they tell you to put like go into a certain pose. There's one where like you're holding your hands out with the Joy-Cons resting on top of them. And there's other ones where you hold them with the Joy-Cons facing down. We talked about the hand model where it's like you're you're holding it like this. And then uh, you know there's Baka where you put one like on your nose and the other one on your butt. So it's like you're kind of like walking like a chicken almost or you have like a nose and a tail feather or a beak and a tail feather. Mm. And there then they go from there different uh movements that you have to do so like the, an, another one where it's like you hold your arms by your side like this with like your hands up and kind of elbows bent and then from there it's like all right run so like you kind of pump your arms like that and then uh the Bacal one sometimes there's some really cool ones in there like we, we talked about we, we showed this on the new gameplay today where it was like you're controlling a cuckoo from ocarina of time running away from the
1: ocarina when... too which is fun yeah yeah
0: and uh Sometimes though, I felt like that was not the most precise of all of the uh, the the poses. Like there were sometimes sure. where it's like, all right, you gotta like control this bird while you grab a worm from the uh, from the ground. And it's like I would like turn, it would like turn way too far for what I did, and it was just like, okay, well maybe this one has some problems with like the tracking or whatever. But most of them were very good. The one that I had the most frustration with, I don't know if you've gotten to this one, but there's a boss level in one of the 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 groups of uh, of games. Mm-hmm. where it's a conveyor belt and it's going around in a circle and yeah, you put right, the joy cons yep. on the table. That's the pose It's like you, you put the joy cons on the table or on the ground or whatever. And like you're the, in that pose, you like you it tells you to do different things. And in this one in particular, you're, you're controlling these two robot hands and it tells you to flip these or not their burgers. They're their steaks. And you're flipping them on this like conveyor belt of a grill. And, it had me like raging this was the only time i was not having like actual fun with this game like even if i failed the other micro games like because like the hand model didn't give me enough time to set up or the baka didn't feel like super accurate this one actually had me like upset at the game where it was like it wanted me to do the most exaggerated flips Like i couldn't just do a quick flip but it's all timing based because like they're going past your hands you do it at the right time and like I was trying to flip them and like, if you don't do it, like overly exaggerated, it wasn't registering and like the stakes kept, kept, uh, failing or, or burning. So I would fail the mini game and it was just really, really frustrating. So yeah.
1: how many times did you end up doing it? Just did you like, beat it on the first try
0: or did you end No, up- I did yeah. not beat that one on the first try. I failed okay. a few times.
1: No. I, okay. Cause I failed once and it was having similar problems, but it's weird. The second time I had like no problems at all. Like it was, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did better or right or wrong the first time, but I, I, the first time was rough. Like your experience, the second time it like was working just fine. I don't, I don't know what I did differently as, but that's, that's kind of what happens with that game. Sometimes, sometimes sometimes the motion tracker is just a little off. There's not really a, a convenient way to reset it.
0: Sometimes it's fine, you know? I know what I did. And that was just do everything way more than I thought I should. <laughs> and, like, all right. It wants me to pick this one up. I'm like jerking my arm up with it. Yeah. Dude, it's like, it's not registering. Like I would go to like rotate it and the hand would just like not do anything. And I'm like, what do you want me to do here? So that yeah, was the one that knows. I found that was like the most problematic for me, at least I, I, again, I want to reiterate that like 95 to 97% of these games are, are winners. And which, and it, which is
1: a much higher percentage than smooth moves, right? Like smooth yeah. moves is probably like 40%, if mm-hmm.
0: we're being honest. Yeah, but I, I really like WarioWare movie. There's also, by the way, party mode. I don't know if you've had a chance to dive into no. that at all. Does
1: that does that let people use single Joy-Cons? Yes. because that, so that single joy Because that's worth noting. As I went to play with my kid, the campaign. And I handed her a Joy-Con. I was like, let's play. And the game was like, no, 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 no. You both need two Joy-Cons. And I was yeah. like, no, I don't have another pair charged. Uh so I, she I said, just watch me have fun.
0: Which she really enjoyed. <laughs> but no, party mode, everybody has one Joy-Con. It's up to four players this time. And they're they put cool. the micro games in like different formats. So there's one where it's like almost like a Mario Party style board game, but very, very straightforward. And uh, you know, you're kind of like if you win the micro game like you each do the micro game and if you win it then you get to um you get to roll the dice and then move forward and like you're getting points for all the stuff that you do in the games and then like if you get to the end first you get like 100 bonus points or something like that so there's a lot of uh stuff with that there's another one where it's like you're doing like a doctor exam where it's like a doctor is telling you to do these different motions and it's like okay for this one you need to sit on the ground when you do it and like the other player has to like say like, yeah, he followed the instructions or no, he didn't. So okay. like, so there's
1: different games in the party mode. That's fun.
0: And then there's one where it's like, you're like just competing back and forth of who wins the micro games. And like uh, that, that they build it as like experts only, but like the, the, the doctor one was fun. Cause it's like, all right, sit on the ground. And the other one was like, all right, do this one while you're sticking your front teeth out or do this one while you're uh, puffing your cheeks in and out. So it's like, and then the, the other person has to say like, yeah, he did it. He, he, he completed (laughs) it. So it's kind of operates on the honor system. Yeah. And there was another one where it's like, you're a team and like one of you is supposed to stand next to the TV facing away from it. And the other one is doing these different poses and based on the pose that they are doing in real life, you have, so that the person who's actually watching the screen doesn't have the joy cons. They are just doing the pose that it tells you to do on the screen and then the person with the Joy-Cons is not supposed to look at the screen and instead is supposed to do kind of the mirror image of whatever the person who doesn't have the Joy-Cons is doing, and that's how you score points together. It's, again, an okay. honor system that's totally. That's fun.
1: I, I like, uh, yeah, play with uh, perspective and, you know, like, why, who says a multiplayer game is everyone needs to be looking at the screen, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, there's some fun uh, examples of things that you can do with that, but all in all, I had a really great time with it. I gave it an 8.25 out of 10 uh, which I believe is the highest score we've given a WarioWare game in a while. I mean, it's, they have never scored bad, but like they've some score higher than others. And I think this is the highest one we've had in a long time. And I, I think that's fitting because I think it's the best WarioWare game in a while.
1: Yeah, good game.
0: I, so, I, I uh, Just
1: as we were talking, I have my ongoing list of like top 10 games of the year, you know? And I was like, well, I got to make sure I have that on my like my list to consider uh, when man, that time I need comes to
0: around. see if I've added that to mine. I, 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 can't, I try to keep mine running as well. I haven't added it yet so I might get Did it. it on there? I don't know if it's in my top 10. This is a good year.
1: Oh yeah, this is this list to be clear has like 15-20 games on it. I just wanted to make sure it's in my in my brain when it comes time to think about it. Yeah. Sure.
0: But that is out now on Switch if you want to go grab that. That sounds up your alley. I Highly recommend it for families or like friend gatherings. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of oddball humor as well, which is uh always fun. So Kyle, I know you have not played a ton of this not that you can even talk about a ton of this but yeah super mario rpg comes out later this month and you have been playing a little bit of it so talk me through what your impressions are of this game so far
1: yeah the legend the old subtitle was legend of the seven stars and we could we nintendo uh, said we can talk about up up through the first three stars for for preview coverage and like I, I love Mario RPG. Uh, I have a lot of affection for that game. It was like, it was the first RPG that I ever beat. It was the RPG that made me sort of understand the, the, the joy and value of like turn-based combat. Like I really didn't get it when I was young. I remember playing like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger at friends' house and being like, wait, so you can't like jump and slash. I have to like select things from a menu. This is lame. Like I really didn't get it. Uh, but Mario RPG changed all that, and and so as a result, I, I really I really love that game and have a lot of affection for it. And like the wildest thing to me so far about this game is like maybe it shouldn't be that wild, maybe I shouldn't be that surprised, but like it, it they are truly like taking everything that was in that original game and updating it and remaking it, even the stuff that like really feels out of character for Mario in twenty twenty three, and like it, you know like um like maybe a more uh like a, a different version of nintendo that was maybe too precious about mario would be like no nah, we can't we can't have that in there that's just not mario anymore like you can be a jerk to people like to npcs like people would be like oh mario i love you are, are, can i jump just like you and then the dialogue option is like yeah kid or like no you're terrible at this you know <laughs> and it's like just the idea that they're like That Nintendo is like, yeah, no, I mean, it was, let's, let's keep it all in there. Let's, that's what the game was. Let's, let's like make it maintain that there's one, there's one bit where like a kid, a toad, like kind of makes fun of Mario. He says something like Mario needs all the help he can get for this adventure. And there's like an animation of Mario, like going to try and punch the kid and like, uh, one of your uh, party members holds you back. Like, it's just like a little dialogue cutscene in the game. <laughs> and it's like, that stuff, it's like, thank God that that stuff is still in here. Like, please, like, keep it weird. That's like the w- bizarre thing about Mario RPG is like, first of all, it's like a solid, fun, turn-based RPG. It kind of pioneered the, like, uh, um, button-pressing timing and stuff like that, which I really love yeah. in RPGs. And, like, Sea of Stars did earlier this year, and I really loved... But it really does feel like when Square they like got Square Enix to make that game, they just weren't watching them very closely, <laughs> you know. They're just like, yeah, do whatever, you know. Yeah, Link's Link's there, whatever. Throw Link in there. He's just sleeping in the bed in the hotel. That's fine. And uh, I, like, and that's all there. Which is like, yes, I I love it for that reason. And then you know, separate from all that stuff, like, it's very old school. But it doesn't feel like super dated. It, it like it still controls well and and moves smoothly. And like I like the pace of it all. I like the look of it a lot. And the um the combat's fun. Like it doesn't. It feels simple. I've, I'm quite simple by today's standards. It's always been pretty simple. Uh, but I'm just enjoying it. And it and it's like my, my question now is like I have the nostalgia lenses, but I don't remember a lot of the game, if that makes sense. You know, I, mm-hmm. there's all these moments I'm uh, experiencing for what feels like the first time. Like, I don't remember this town. I don't remember these characters like that kind of thing. I don't remember this whole race of creatures that have never showed up in a, another Mario game after this. So I'm curious to see like what a complete newcomer thinks of it. Like, do is it, would they not be able to get past? Does it feel too old to them? Or is it like, would it be fun or interesting? I, I, I'm i not sure, but like, yeah, so far I, I'm really, I'm really having a good time with it. And it's just, uh, it looks great. plays great. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel super dated. It just feels like a throwback, which is like exactly what I want from a remake like this. Like we have other Mario RPG games. They exist they're great. I love Paper Mario. I love Mario and Luigi. We have contemporary versions of Mario RPGs that have been like iterated on and improved various things. But like if we're going to go back to the original, like, like yeah, just bring everything forward, you know? Like don't you don't need to shave off too much from that original game and they really haven't uh, in a way that I admire. Uh so yeah, so far so good. I'm 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 excited to keep playing. I'm enjoying it so far.
0: Yeah, I've also started playing it a little bit as well and and you I'm, and you're not like a nostalgic for the original, right? Like you know, never... I'm nostalgic for like the opening of this game, and that's about it. Right. Like I didn't. Yeah. I, I cool played open. it at a friend's house. I never played it. At, like I never owned it, aside from I guess on the SNES Mini that I have. But I I never you know, never played I, it. In I got that like that. six years ago. I didn't get that when I was a kid, <laughs> but I remember like going over to my friend David's house, and he David, had that. Shout out David. Shout out David, and he had mario rpg and mario all-stars and mario all-stars was the one that like i was like what is this like the, the old mario games look new yeah and then it's wild so that was like the one that i obsessed over and fixated on whereas like mario rpg i thought was amazing so i was like this, these graphics are possible <laughs> like yeah
1: yeah people yeah, don't like, know if you don't know it's kind of like it looks it has that sort of donkey kong country approach to its visuals the original that was like so that was like, yeah. so that was like some of it's like the first time you saw Mario kind of in 3d in a video game really a little
0: bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had, uh, we played the intro and I was like, this is the coolest game I've ever seen in my life oh, yeah. because like, you know, you're it literally starts with you going to Bowser's castle and fighting Bowser. And I'm like, a game starts like this. How, where's it even go from here? Like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, we can't go up. Yeah. Like this is the climax of every other Mario game. And yet we're starting with it. Like that was such a cool, like, like subversive way to kick off a Mario game. And then yeah, like, I-, I also didn't really understand the turn-based combat as a kid. Like I was not an RPG guy. I missed all of like the SNES RPGs growing up. Same. Um, My first RPG, as I've su- said several times was like, I went from Pokemon blue to final fantasy 10. So that's why I have the appreciation for turn-based combat it's because of those two games, not anything before that. Um, But yeah, that I- I'm really enjoying it as well. The soundtrack is so good. Like the music yeah. of Mario RPG was so good back in the day. And now it's, I, I, I don't know what to, I don't want to say it even better because I don't have like the nostalgia that a lot of people do and holding like the soundtrack in a special place. Like a lot of people do, but like it, it I like the re the rearranged versions of these uh, songs. And I think that it sounds great and it matches kind of like the overall mission of the Mario RPG remake that they're doing where it's like, okay, yeah, it's faithful, to the original game but also like you can tell this is a game that is not a Super Nintendo game right like it is a game that came out yeah. on a modern system and it looks like it and it sounds like it and to some degree it feels like it plays like it even if there haven't been as drastic modifications to the the gameplay as there have been to the visuals and audio.
1: Yeah and you can go you can listen to the old soundtrack if you want like that's in mm. the settings menu you can I switch it back that. to the old which I love I do I, you know i always it's tough to like wish for things that just aren't there and aren't going to be there but it's like i do often wish that's like oh this game like kind of like uh like the halo remastered stuff it's like oh, i yeah. wish i could press a button to look at the old version here like it, it's i would be curious to see it side by side it, it would be fun if that existed unfortunately that's not the case but the music you can do that with if you want you can switch back and forth between the music which is
0: fun I would imagine that's an easier lift from a development perspective to oh, uh yeah. to do that instead of having two simultaneous game engines running. Like I think that's what I think that's how Halo Anniversary uh Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary did that was I think they had yeah. two engines running simultaneously and that allowed you to press a button and switch the visual styles, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah,
1: I think yeah, the, probably and then yeah, the, the other one that did that really well was the um uh, what are those those pirate games those lucas arts why can't i think of that escape from monkey island remakes on oh right xbox live arcade had that option too which i always loved i love especially well with those games in particular i never played them until those remakes so like i loved being like what did this used to look like for people who played it in the stone ages <laughs> you
0: know? and it's like, funny because like uh, going specifically like obviously the the visual leap is extremely evident in mario rpg like from the original to this one but like going back to Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, I remember putting that on when it first came out into my—I guess it was Xbox 360, was the the system mm-hmm. that that came yeah, out yeah. on—and being like, this doesn't look that much better. And then you press the button to like go back to it, and you're like, oh my god, I played Halo looking like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I wish, see, I wish Mario RPG had that, but uh, but it doesn't, and it looks great. And there's like the the big thing they added is like little introductory like cutscenes for characters and stuff that were would have been impossible in super nintendo and those yeah. are all super fun and i enjoy those a lot yeah
0: well mario super mario rpg is out on switch on november 17th i'm sure we'll do a review discussion for that episode of all things nintendo once you have your more fully formed opinions and uh, you can talk more freely about the game. But for now, we're going to take our last break of the show. And when we return, we're going to chat about another highly anticipated game that actually recently came to Switch. We will be right back. The main segment of this episode was devoted to two new Nintendo games that are coming out in the month of November. And one of those was a remake of a game from several console generations ago. While I have Kyle on this episode, I wanted to close out the show with another remake or re-release of older games. And that is Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. So, Kyle, I know you haven't been playing the Switch version. You've been playing the PlayStation 5 version. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? We don't have to go super in-depth, but I did want to give people kind of like a look at uh, what to expect from this collection.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking. I, I think this is the first time Metal Gear Solid two and three have been on a Nintendo platform at all. Oh, wait, actually, that's not true. Metal Gear Solid three was on three DS. Okay, but so two, yeah, that's I didn't think about that. I actually, I really want to play the Switch version. I haven't touched it because I, um, I've been playing PlayStation Five. So, to, yeah, asterisk there with like these are impressions for the PlayStation Five version. But man, I love those games so much. Like those are just like. Those are a, a, those are like permanent slots on my favorite games of all time, kind of entries. You know, like if I have to pick one, I usually go two. Uh, but like, I love that whole series, and the the big exciting thing, which is small, it's just like having access to them with a good frame rate on modern consoles is. Is great. Like I ended up playing like the first hour of Metal Gear Solid. I played like two or three hours of Metal Gear Solid Two, which, like I said, is is actually usually my, well, I would say, is like my favorite one. And then I played like four or five hours of Metal Gear Solid Three, which is like the one that is stands, the one that's easiest to go back to. I think, by today's standards, is three. And uh I just I love those games. I I know people are nitpicking apart the 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 remaster, the volume in, in the sense of like there's some issues with like resolution and stuff like that. Like it's like they're upscaling in certain ways. It's not like a proper 4k port of these games, but like from my uneducated uh, sort of perspective, I guess you could say like the games look and play great. Uh, You know, it was just nice to play them holding a PlayStation five controller. Um, I, I, I just, I'm happy to, to, to have access to them again is what really what it comes out of. They hold up, like to me anyway, again, like we talked about like retro goggles earlier for Mario RPG. It's like, I don't know if like, if you're a newcomer entirely, I'm sure one in particular would be tough to go back to on the PlayStation one, but like, I feel like two and three, I mean, with some, a few limitations here and there, I feel like you could play it today and still have a really good time. The stories are still really good. The sort of the political messaging of the whole game it just weirdly becomes more and more relevant every day. I mean, Metal Gear Solid 2 is about like the proliferation of AI and how it affects like uh, humanity and like, and it's, and that's kind of what the whole ending of the game is about is like, what does it even mean to us as a society? And it's like, it's wild that it just continues to be this like sort of relevant,
0: thoughtful experience. Speaking of, speaking of that topic, did you see the the headline that like Joe Biden saw mission impossible, dead reckoning part one, and it scared him into like taking executive action about against AI.
1: Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Tom Cruise out here saving the world. <laughs> if only he played metal gear solid Two. God, there was, when did war games come out? Is that what it's called? The um, Matthew Broderick movie? that was like another movie that a president watched and they were kind of like, could that really happen? Like, do we need to be concerned about that? Yeah. Maybe we should have just watched Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did. That did make me laugh though. That was my thought. I was like, man, Tom Cruise out here doing, doing God's work, making saving sure cinema that, and saving
0: the world, <laughs> saving cinema, and making sure that our pol- politicians pay attention to uh, what AI could mean uh, for the future. I just would love to have been the fly on the wall in the Biden household in the white house after like coming out of that movie theater and just being like, man, we've got to do something about this AI. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: I mean, we do. He, he's right.
0: He's right. So. But it's just very funny that a Tom Cruise
1: movie is what made him like, just be like, my God, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do something. Yeah. I mean, is Hey, Joe Biden made- impression. <laughs> if he had played Mel, gear two back in, you know, 2000, 2000- one or 2002 or whatever, whenever it came out, maybe we would have gotten
0: ahead of this. That's thing. what I'm saying. <laughs> he should have played Metal Gear Solid 2. Kojima could have done this decades ago.
1: Oh, see. it should have gotten into the president's hands. I mean, it's all about the president. The president's in that game. Like, you know, anyway, yep. love Metal we now. Gear Solid. know that
0: Joe Biden is not a uh, fan of Kojima. Apparently.
1: <laughs> oh, that... that's what yeah, we he learned. From did, he didn't get death stranding. Right. He's like, I just, it doesn't, I don't get it. I don't understand why people like this thing. Uh, and then he never got around to playing the 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 director's cut or whatever. So you know his loss. But uh, yeah, yeah well, no, I Metal Gear Solid, fantastic games. Love them. Uh, love having an excuse to replay them. Love having them on a modern platform. I haven't touched the Switch version. I heard, I've heard sort of anecdotally that the Switch versions uh, don't get above thirty FPS, which is which is a bummer. I mean, um, it
0: stands to reason that's the case, right? Like that's yeah i You're mean it yes and no
1: i mean they're playstation 2 games and playstation 1 games for christ's sake you know like i feel like there's no excuse at this point i mean i know they've been like remastered in high definition because they're they're looking at the versions that came out on xbox 360 and playstation 3 but even still i feel like those games i should be able to play them on my switch at a great frame rate and at you know a great resolution but um uh i i might st- even though i have it on playstation 5 there's a chance i wouldn't put it past myself to to buy the Switch version, just because it would be really nice to have a portable version of those games that I love and love revisiting. I'm not a big, like, replayer of games, but Metal Gear Solid is a series that I'm happy to revisit every couple of years and have a really good time with. So,
0: so for yeah. people who aren't familiar with this uh, this collection, it includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear, Metal Gear mm-hmm. 2 Solid Snake, the NES version of Metal Gear and then Snake's Revenge,
1: which is the America only. That's like the one game Kojima was not involved in in mm-hmm. terms of, of Metal Gear. Stuff. I think
0: while he was doing Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, I think that Konami did a separate sequel for yeah, Konami America.
1: Yeah. And I think he even found out about it later. Like it came out. He's like, <laughs> wait, what did you guys do? So, so that's wait, why let me I, ask you
0: this, because I, I actually yeah. did download it on the Switch. I have not played it yet. I'm not I've actually I have very, very little history with the Metal Gear series. Mm-hmm. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5 is the one that I've played the most of, and even that I didn't finish it. I finished mm-hmm. uh uh Ground Zeros, but not Phantom Pain. Right. Um does it download in individual game tiles? Like it's not like one unified collection. It's just like, okay, well, if you want to play metal gear, solid one, here's the tile for that on your home screen. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, that's dumb. That's a weird thing. Like I, I... (laughs)
0: that's
1: how the GTAs did it too, to be fair. Like you could buy the GTA bundle and it would put like vice city, San Andreas and three as separate games. But yeah, I, I would have loved to just have one, game so so to speak that you enter and then you have access to all that stuff i don't want to leave the home i want to i don't want to navigate to the home menu to switch between metal gear solid two
0: and three but whatever and also when you download it you know it just floods your home screen it's like okay well everything else has been pushed off now
1: gosh i think it is i think it's five icons because it's the three metal gear games and then i think two others right one's like a database and one's like the nes games i don't remember exactly how it it's something, something like, like that. that, but yeah, but that was
0: just a weird thing that I noticed, but uh, yeah, yeah. it sounds like you're overall positive on this and yeah, primarily no, yeah. because it's just nice to have accessible versions of these games that you love so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I still have my uh, HD collection for the Xbox 360 that is backwards compatible on Xbox Series X, which mm. is, is nice to have that, but yeah. But even that was a little bit of a hurdle. I mean, for most people that's a hurdle to get through is is like buying a you see I think I don't think you can buy it from the store. I'm not really I'm not totally sure there. I could be wrong about that, but yeah. Um I yeah, the I the future of Metal Gear is so strange because I love Metal Gear uh so much, but I do that the future of the version the future of Metal Gear without Kojima is a big question mark. Uh how soulless are we going to feel about these games which are always very you know uh directed by a person with a very singular point of view you know it's like it's a misnomer to call video games like the product of one person but like kojima did have a very specific idea that he was trying to get across with all those games and and you know he was not involved in these and he's not going to be involved in delta and stuff and I, i don't know what that means for those games but i i admit like still truly excited to see what's coming
0: next just because I love that universe in those games well the one that he wasn't involved with uh, was survive right and that one ended up being pretty universally panned
1: yeah i i played a bit of survive uh kind of recently uh i put it on my steam deck and played like the first 15 hours or something like that oh just 15
0: hours just Jeez. 15
1: hours yeah i, I ended up but there are no anymore. other
0: games coming out that you wanted to play no, this is like a
1: year this is when the steam Deck okay. came out this is like a year <laughs> two years ago but um yeah it, it certainly was missing something uh for sure but um yeah i don't know like i i i, I will i'm there day one for delta for sure like i want to see what that looks like but i I do. I do wonder what it's, what that series is going to look like without Kojima. I mean, I even
0: as a non Metal Gear Solid fan, like I don't dislike the games. I just it has never been a series that I've really spent any time with. I'm excited for Delta as well. Like I think that that is a game that when they announce it, I'm like, oh, awesome! I'm going to totally play that. That's going to be how I yeah. experience that game.
1: So here's what you do, run. You play one and two now on your Switch, and then you play Delta when it comes out.
0: Except I don't think that's coming to Switch, so I might have to jump over to the PS5 for that one. Yeah,
1: well, whatever. You
0: can do that. <laughs> That's all your save data is going to move forward. That's true. Um, But it is, that Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 is out now on Switch and all the other major platforms. I wonder if we're going to get a Volume 2 that would include finally freeing Metal Gear Solid 4 from the PS3. Like yeah, I, I've heard that it's you know. it's a nightmare to port that over just because of like how t- tied to the PS3 architecture it was. But like. I'm wondering if Konami is planning that because, like that, it would be so weird if they're like, "Yep, this is the Master Collection Volume One," and then Volume Two, which you know would logically pick up at number four, just doesn't include.
1: It. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many other games that I would love to have in a collection, like Ghost Babel and uh, Peace Walker or Vengeance. And, uh- portable i mean revengeance feels so separate to me that i wouldn't put it under that umbrella um twin snakes and four i would love to have all those in some kind of some kind of package it's overdue throw the acid games on there too let's just do it all
0: well i mean i'm i'm imagining that we're gonna have at least three of these volumes
1: I'm okay with that. By the
0: time it's all said and done. But anyway, that is out now on Switch, so go check that out if you are a Metal Gear sicko like Kyle is. I am indeed. Uh, Kyle, we're going to wrap up with a quick eShop gem of the week. I've brought my own for this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, it's a game that I've been actually checking out a little by little over the course of this year. It came out in March. It's a game called Pronti. And I think you I are... spell it? P-R-O... NTY, and I think this is a game that's up your alley. Okay, Kyle, do you like Metroidvania games? Yeah, I do. (laughs) This is an underwater Metroidvania, so you play as like this. You're you're, you're
1: losing me a little at underwater, but I'm listening. Water
0: levels traditionally awful. Yeah, this game I, I like it because you play an aquatic, like, underwater creature. And you have, like, this mechanical, like, swordfish that you control. Almost like uh, if you've watched the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, how Yondu has, like, the arrow that he can, like, blow around with his whistle. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost controls like that. So, like, what you do is, like, it's almost like it's part Metroidvania, part twin-stick shooter. Uh, where you are kind of, like, you use the right stick to aim the direction that you are aiming. And then you pull the trigger. And that sends this, like, this mechanical swordfish in the direction of like enemies and obstacles and then like you unlock like a a dash that allows you to like go quickly through areas and you can dodge uh projectiles that way and you're slowly exploring trying to figure out like what's going on in this world and like why like these civilizations are kind of like gone now and like there's like kind of like these like computer that like these computer hubs that you go up to and like you learn a little by little about like the environment and like the biome and what's going on and like what research was being done and it's kind of mysterious absolutely beautiful art style um and you know there's all kinds of different biomes to explore and uh the the exploration opens up little by little as you go so it's it's one that i've had a, a good time every time i fired it up and uh you know it's it's Only fifteen dollars. So if that sounds up your alley, definitely go check that out. Does this sound like something that you would uh, be interested in checking out?
1: Yeah, I have the trailer pulled up. It looks cool. It kind of reminds me of uh, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. I don't know if you remember played played that. I never played that,
0: but I remember wanting to play it, and I just never got around to it.
1: It was it was a little bit of like you weren't underwater, but you were like floating, like uh, in space, and
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Which that was a cool game. I like that game.
0: So yeah, this is. I mean, it's basically like. Metroidvania, but without the platforming because you just float everywhere. Right. But I I do like that it has like twin stick shooter aspects mixed into it. That's a cool little twist on the Metroidvania concept. And I will say that like pulling the trigger and having like this like, like mechanical swordfish like just dart in the direction that you're wanting it to go. And then like if there's an enemy just like kind of spamming the trigger, it just feels really satisfying when you defeat an enemy and like the combat feels really good. So yeah, that is my eShop gem of the week, Kyle. Nice. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me for this episode.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, throw All Things Nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on social media at Brian P. Shea. You can also join the Game Informer community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month. Kyle, tell everyone where they can find you online. Uh, just so you know, the internet kyle
1: hilliard on blue sky kyle m hilliard on twitter uh
0: tiktok you know all that fun stuff (laughs) all the normal locations the normal you can find me i'm not that hard to google that is our show for this week thank you all again so much for listening take care we will see you next time